Welcome into the Locked On Knicks podcast, Gavin Shaw, Alex Wolf. We got a Shams bomb. Does he does he have a different term? Does him and Woj hate each other? I, I don't know. But anyways, he, he dropped that Zach Levine and Chicago might be heading towards a mutual parting of the ways. Could the New York Knicks be a candidate for Zach? We don't really think so. We'll tell you why right now. You are Locked On Knicks, your daily New York Knicks podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. On Locked On Knicks, we'll tell you why on Locked On Knicks. I, I missed my window there, but that's okay. Um, I wanted to remind you to make Locked On Knicks your first listen today and every day, uh, whether you're checking us out on YouTube. If, if so, please subscribe and hit that notifications bell. Or if you're checking us out on your favorite audio podcast platform of choice, where the button usually says follow. So throw us a follow there. Um, and then if you want to take your relationship a step further, uh, you have the opportunity to subscribe to our subtext where we will send you our thoughts after each and every game. Um, and you can ask us any question you want on the New York Knicks or anything else in life. Um, and the link to do that is in the episode description. Um, but who would you be talking to where your partner's kind of looking over? You'd be like, hey, who are you texting at three in the morning? And you're like, oh, it's, it's Alex from Locked on Knicks. And they're like, Mm-hmm. But it really is. It really is. Anyways, I'm Gavin, uh, your favorite play-by-play broadcaster's favorite play-by-play broadcaster. He is Alex Wolf, editor-in-chief of The Strickland, the greatest Knicks website in the whole wide world. You can check them out on all forms of social media at thestrick.land. And Alex, we got a fun one today. We are talking uh, Zach Levine, um, a subject of interest on Lockdown Knicks in the past. Plenty of rumor podcasts done on him before, except back then we were the ones creating the rumors. This time, it has some legitimate smoke, and lo and behold, when, it, when he's finally actually available, uh, we've we've lost interest. Doesn't it? Doesn't it just go that way sometimes? Yeah, it, it kind of seems that way. And I don't know if it's so much that we've just straight up lost interest because I don't know how much interest there was there to begin with, uh, at least from you and I. But yeah. I kind of just think at this point, it's like I think the Knicks have sort of outgrown their need for a Zach Levine type player. Uh, but of course, you know, I, I, the reason that we're even talking about it is because, of course, like social media went, you know, a buzz uh, as it does when things like this happen. And, you know, people are like, oh, should the Knicks do it? Blah, blah, blah. And it's like, I don't know. I mean, should they go for any player if the deal is really, really good? Maybe. But as far as Levine's concerned, I think my biggest thing is if this leap from RJ Barrett is for real what is Levine giving you that RJ can't? And then if you make a deal for him and you insert him in the starting lineup for, say, Quentin Grimes, and you don't have to give up RJ Barrett, let's say you can make it happen for like Emmanuel Quickly, uh, Fournier, and you know whatever you could cobble together otherwise without really harming the core rotation too much, then at that point, are, like, what are you, what are you looking to accomplish in that starting lineup? Like, there's already three guys that have shot creation ability in Brunson and RJ and Randall. So then you add Levine to the mix and it's like, there's only one ball. Uh, and that would even apply if you started stretching him and or, RJ. Or both Alex, to- I, I gotta, I gotta ask real quick. You don't yeah. think he'd be okay with Quinn Grimes four shots per game. I don't think so. Weirdly. Wow. You know, yeah, which is why I was going to say like, you know, that's the kind of the gift and the curse of Grimes right now. Like we sometimes find ourselves saying, and like you said this after the, after the last game, like, uh, I would have liked if Grimes was a little more aggressive or maybe look for his own shot a little more, but he's also perfectly content to just be a role player at game to game and take two or three shots. If that's all that's required of him and just kind of space the floor from three and play really good defense and do so without a single 
complaint. And Levine, I mean, the whole reason he's available right now is that he's like, well, I'm on a bad team and I think I want to get out of there now, which who could blame him? But, you know, he's a guy who, who rightfully or wrongfully views himself more as a star in this league and I don't think would be okay with that arrangement. So, yeah, all that is to say, I just, I think that's my biggest thing here. I, I don't think the Knicks need a player like him anymore because the whole point before was like, well, RJ has his limitations on defense and RJ clearly has his limitations on offense. If he can't find consistent scoring ability, then maybe you need to get a guy like Levine in there to get that quicker. But now RJ is kind of showing that I, hopefully the leap is here to stay. And if that's the case, like, I don't know. Do you think there's any reason to even go after Levine at that point? No, I'm, I'm totally with you because I, I think, I mean, we were talking about this pre-show. You were just hitting on it. They have enough issues like finding the shots and, and opportunities for Brunson, Randall, and RJ on any given night. And if RJ continues to take step forward, like it's a good problem to have, but it will continue to be a problem. And like, honestly, like let's look at what's going on in Los Angeles right now. Like as we're recording, the Clippers are in the midst of losing um, or I, I think probably will end up losing to the Denver Nuggets. We'll, we'll fall to 0 and 5 since they've gotten James Harden. Zach Levine is not James Harden. He's younger. Um, he's, he's probably better at this point. Certainly as a scorer, he's better at this point. The Knicks are not the Clippers in terms of the surrounding pieces, yada, yada, yada. But there, there are perils to having four guys who are at their best with the basketball, like isoing and, and, and creating. Like those teams usually don't work. You need supplemental pieces. And I, I think this is, this is a bigger picture conversation. But with the Knicks, what I come back to so often is they are such a weirdly finely tuned machine like what happens if you swap out one part? Like what happens if you take your best perimeter defender um, off the floor and Quinn Grimes? Like whether or not he'd be off the team. Like I, I think the tr- we could get to this later. I think the trade would actually have to be for quickly. But let's just say like you're taking Grimes out of the starting lineup. Like does the defense totally fall apart? If it doesn't, does the offense again work as well? Like I think on some nights it would and it would work better. And obviously like Levine catching it off a swing and being able to attack a defender closing out is a completely different thing than Quentin Grimes, and there were, there'd be moments and stretches where it looked really good. But I just wonder if you lose kind of the core formula that the Knicks, like when they caught lightning in a bottle last year when they started starting Grimes, like would that all fly away with Zach Levine? And, and would you probably be better? Like in the aggregate, yeah, I, I think you would. Is that worth the price you'd give up to get him? Would that lead to any more playoff success? Like I ultimately don't think so. Like I, I think the fit means it's less than the sum of its parts, so I, I wouldn't do it. Yeah, that, that's kind of where I'm at. So you got to consider too how much money he makes. Like, yeah, I, I'm pretty sure he has three years left. He does, he does. and then, then a player option. So his his right. kind. Of, so basically, so this year he's making 40 million. Next year, 43. Year after, 46, and then a 26, 27 player option for just under 49 million. And keep in mind, Alex, this is a guy in the last seven years. He's had exactly one season where he's played over 70 games. And and to be fair, that was last season. So maybe he's turning a corner with his health, but. He's making a ton of money. He's super injury prone, and and obviously defense is an issue. Yeah, and I guess there's uh, there's like two sides to that coin, you know. Which maybe we're gonna attempt to play devil's advocate in the second oh. segment and just kind of make whatever case there can be for why. Although I think it's gonna be a pretty uh, not necessarily our our most impassioned argument <laughs> about why they should potentially look at him, but you know maybe there's a case to be made for oh well you know getting a guy that's locked in at that number is not obscene. Like it's not, there are some guys that are going to start making closer to 60 million now, but it's still a pretty freaking high number for a guy that, you know, has, has largely been 
if you look at on-off stats and and things of that nature, and especially defensive stats, and pretty much any all-in-one stat has not been looked on super favorably, other than the ones that that favor efficiency. Like he's definitely an efficient scorer, but outside of that, there's not a ton to suggest that he's a guy that goes out there and is worth more than the scoring that he offers because of how little he offers on defense. So, yeah, I don't know. I and you know you mentioned this when we were talking pre-show, but like when I talked to the Bulls guys, the Locked on Bulls guys a little bit ago, they were trying to tell me like, yeah, well, his defense isn't as bad as you might think, you know, even though the numbers paint it that way. I just don't know if I'd be willing to take that chance for $50 million. You know, it's like if he's a 20 million, if he's making what Jalen Brunson's making or something like 25 million, okay, maybe you take that chance. But for a guy where you're saying, this is the guy, this is the move where under this new cap, we're going to severely restrict our ability to get better. I just, I, I can't bring myself to do it. You know, I just don't think that I don't think he's worth the risk for what it would take to get him at this point. Yeah. I'm, I'm in agreement with you. I, I think like my understanding is he's gotten better on the end and he's gone from like Trey young, bad type deal to just like a normal, like poor below average defender, which is what you get from a lot of stars on the perimeter. So like that's survivable. I mean, I guess the, the question to me, like, do you, would you rather have him on this team than Emmanuel quickly? Just straight up. And the answer for me is no, because quickly, obviously he's not the same score. Like he's never going to provide you the same consistency. And, and especially like what Levine could look like playing off of the talent on the Knicks. Like three, he's three years removed from a season shooting 51% from the field, 41% from three. Like if he could do that on volume, that completely changes the, the structure of the Knicks offense. But quickly can bring you some of that and is a special defender and communicator and really willing ball mover and all this stuff that Zach Levine just hasn't really shown. And Levine, like it's mostly not his fault because he hasn't had great rosters, Alex, but he hasn't won anything in the NBA and he's not a player who like in the type of role he wants to play. I don't think he's going to win anything because he has very real deficiencies in some of the supplemental parts of his game, despite being really special at putting the ball in the basket. Like it just, it's not what this Knicks team needs. I think if, if they're going to go for that guy, it needs to be the better version of that guy. And there, and there are better versions out there and more worth going all in on than Zach Levine. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, I'll tell you what though, Gavin, if we're talking about going all in on guys, I, you know, there's a, there's a good case to be made for going all in on some fantasy prospects and that's where our good friends at eBay Motors come in because our partners at eBay Motors have teamed up with Locked On Fantasy Basketball host Josh Lloyd to bring you some of the best fantasy picks each week all season long. That's right. You thought you had to go to Locked On Fantasy Basketball, but you can get your fantasy basketball takes right here. Whether you're prepping for a daily draft or scouring the waiver wire, every week we're going to provide you players that are guaranteed to fit on your roster. So let's see who Josh has picked out for us in this week's eBay Guaranteed Fit Fantasy Picks of the Week. I'm going to go ahead and pick because I'm playing in a nine cat league this year, which for those of you that are unfamiliar, there's nine statistical categories. And the way the mine works is it's just like a, a constant churn the entire year. There's only a certain amount of points available for the entire season, which is kind of crazy. I didn't realize that was how it was going to be. So I really need some help in the the stats other than scoring. I've got like Steph Curry. I've actually got Julius Randle who's been you know picking it up on the scoring end lately. I've got Pascal Siakam. Plenty of guys that can put the ball in the hoop, but I need a little bit of everything else. So I'm going to go with Bilal Koulibaly, uh, and who's been really kind of starting to find his way early on in his rookie year. Surprise riser in the draft, now surprise riser in fantasy relevance. He's uh, The Wizards rotations continue to be all over the place. 
but Bilal has played 30-plus in his last two games, and he looks like he's their future. It might have even been more than two games at this point by the time I'm reading this, and he's a massive defensive option. I definitely need those defensive counting stats, so I'm going to I'm going to count on Josh's recommendation here. I think that he's he's a good fit for me. I need those blocks and steals for sure. And if you do, I think that's I think that's a good fit for you as well. So Josh Lloyd from Locked On Fantasy Basketball is going to help you win your fantasy championship. And good news, eBay Motors knows a championship team is about each player being a perfect fit, which is the same with your vehicle. And you know, I've I've mentioned this before when we've had eBay Motors as a sponsor. You know, I I think it is important to have a place where you know that you could buy a part that's going to fit for your car, whether it's a vanity part, whether it's something to, you know, fix something structurally integral to your car, whatever the case may be. It's always fun to, you know, kind of go out there and try to do something yourself and, you know, have that satisfaction of learning how to do something off YouTube and and putting it together on your car. And that's where eBay Motors has come in for me before. Something so simple for me as at one point I used eBay's guaranteed fit to make sure that I got some little uh some little inserts for my for my wheels on my Toyota Prius that I drive. I love my fuel efficiency and I wanted it to look cooler. I had one of my hubcaps just fly off on the highway one day. So then I was sitting with three hubcaps and I was like, well, let me just take all those off. But then the wheels looked a little ugly. So I had to get these little little inserts for inside the wheels. Now they look much nicer. And, you know, sometimes it's that simple. But eBay made sure I got the part that worked for me. So with over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you can make sure your ride stays running smoothly. Brake kits, LED headlights, roof racks, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay's guaranteed fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at those prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. So keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. eBay guaranteed fit, only available to U.S. customers, eligible items only, exclusions apply. All right, Gavin, we're back in to keep talking about Zach Levine, and now we'll attempt to make the case for getting Zach Levine, I guess. Uh, might Again, might not be our most impassioned stance here, but I will just say, you know, if you're looking at Levine objectively, and we mentioned this in the – in the first segment, this guy really knows how to put the ball in the hoop. You know, we were talking about a pre-show, but I was looking through his stats and like, there is no sure bet. I mean, this year he has been struggling a little bit, but maybe, you know, with this coming out about him wanting out, maybe this has something to do with him just kind of feeling a little unmotivated at the moment by his situation, being on another team that looks like it's kind of going nowhere, which, you know, you can pin whatever you want on him about that. But most years, this guy shoots like, 38 to 40% on high volume from three. In fact, every year since 2016 to, or sorry, 2015 to 16, he has shot 38% or greater, save for one year in 2017 to 18, his first year with Chicago. In only a 24 game sample, he shot 34% that year. Every other year, over, well, over 37.5% was his low mark. Uh, that's pretty fantastic production. In recent years, he's jacked that. Uh, the volume up to around seven to eight attempts per game too from three. So you're getting volume three-point shooting, which as much as we love the guys on the Knicks, quickly Grimes, RJ, that's been an Achilles heel for them over the years, the consistency from three and, you know, having like a full year of production where they shoot that well. So maybe that's your selling point. You know, you get that, that guy in the starting lineup that you know for sure can do that. But I guess like, I don't know. I'm even baking a negative into the positive here. I feel like you've sort of already acquired that guy that gives you that scoring floor in Jalen Brunson. 
So do you need two of those guys? But the the optimist in me or the guy trying to play devil's advocate would say, can you ever really have too many of those guys on a team? So I guess if I was if I was going to start making a case for four Zach Levine, maybe that would be where I would start. Yeah, look, he, he's a certified NBA scorer. Like I, I don't think anyone's questioning that. Like I remember watching the Olympic team and being so impressed with him, like both in his ability to just even in that environment, like shine as an offensive player and his athleticism again in a group of like uh, allegedly like the best Americans in the world or, or maybe the next best twelve that year. Um, like he was he, he was flashing and, and even defensively, like he, he was flashing in that setting. And I wonder if you bring him into a team that like look like he had the Bulls is like their co-best player with DeMar DeRozan first in the East halfway through two years ago. And then it all, it all fell apart um, when Lonzo ball got hurt. And that's kind of the fundamental issue. Like if you were plugging him into a, and, and again, I'm going negative during my positive too, but if you plugged him into a similar infrastructure on the Knicks, like I could, I could talk myself into it, but again, that opening just isn't there. But in terms of what it would look like, like, I don't know, there's a world where they become a top, like three offense in basketball again, which obviously they were last year, but it just didn't translate to the playoffs. And I, I think that's ultimately, as I talk myself through this, Alex, like that's kind of the best case for it. It's that like on paper, would I trade regular season Emmanuel quickly for regular season Zach Levine? No, but in the playoffs, like is there a world where Levine is just a dramatically better offensive player and it's never really going to work for quickly on that end. And even in RJ in his improved state, like, well, that, fully translate to the postseason sort of did last year but if you look at the numbers like he wasn't he was essentially at the same efficiency that he was during the regular season um Jalen Brunson was obviously amazing Julius Randle doesn't always translate to the playoffs though so having like a bonafide second option and completely distorting like the ways a team like Miami tries to approach the Knicks which was throw everything you can at Jalen Brunson um that would be kind of cool the again the question is like can you hold up on the other end and can you survive having those two as your defensive backcourt? That's where it starts to fall apart a little bit for me. But maybe, maybe Mitchell Robinson is just so good at this point that it doesn't totally matter. Um, I guess, again, like, I don't know. I have, I have one more negative to say, but I'll, I'll save it. I, what, what do you think of that? <laughs> yeah, I, I think I'm kind of with you. And like, I, I don't know. I mean, I think the biggest thing for me comes down to two. How do you make this? how do you make this work from a cost perspective too? And I'm, I'm like literally sitting here playing with the trade machine right now, trying to just like make it work. And I think one, of, here I go taking a negative again, but sure. I, one of the biggest things is that with how much he makes, it's difficult if you're going to center it around like Emmanuel quickly. Cause at this point, I don't think you're centering a deal around RJ Barrett anymore. Um, if you're centering it around like Emmanuel quickly and Evan Fournier, that alone does not get it done. And so then are you are are you giving up, you know, Isaiah Hardenstein? Like that'll make the salaries work, but will that harm your team so much? Like I think so. I, I think that you're reaching a point very rapidly there where it gets hard to fit this guy in for the amount of money he'd be making. Um also, yeah, I just I don't I don't see any world where if he got pulled down the stretch of a game for Quentin Grimes or something, that he would be okay with that. Uh that said, maybe you just kind of embrace like the Sacramento Kings model in a way and just say, we're just going to score as many points as humanly possible. And that's how you make this work. And, you know, I think that Levine in a, in a run and gun system with the Knicks could possibly make that work. But to your point about the defense, like 
you would have to just really hope that Mitch is the real deal there. And I, I think you'd have to find a way to not get rid of Hardenstein too, because you would need that fail safe behind to make sure that like, if one of those guys gets in foul trouble covering for everybody that they're able to, you know, have a, a competent backup behind them that can, that can manage things from there. Uh, so does that mean that I, I don't think, I think that for all intents and purposes, Josh Hart and Dante DiVincenzo are basically untouchable at this point. You know, I, I guess for the right deal, the Knicks would deal them, but I think that if they can avoid it, they're going to try, uh, try their best to keep them around just because they're so good with Brunson. And, you know, that keeps the team chemistry so high, but uh, I don't know. I, I think the, the biggest hurdle even more so than fit is trying to find a way to make this work cap wise and make the trade work. And it, it, it makes it really difficult to even try to make, compelling positive cases for this because it, yeah, I just feel like you'd have to gut what's made this team good to start this year so much by doing this deal that it, it would make it really difficult from a Knicks perspective. Yeah. There's, there's a world where it elevates their ceiling, but it just doesn't bring them anywhere meaningful. Like they're still getting run by the Celtics and like they could beat anyone else in the East with that team, but they could beat anyone else in the East right now with the team they have. So just at the end of the day, what what difference are you making? And like to me, if they were to do the trade, I think you're looking two steps ahead. And you're like, all right, but what what is the offseason move? Like who's the star that they think is going to become available that they could bring in? And, and, and clearly they think Levine is going to fit with that guy better than what they currently have. Or, or they think Levine is going to attract that guy. And I don't know if he's quite that dude, but maybe the combination of him and Brunson would. But – if this is your current team and it's Brunson, Levine, Randall, Mitch, and RJ, I don't think you're winning a championship with that. Like I, I, I just that that's that's where it just like I'm not going to the ends of the earth to put together a team that just has the same playoff ceiling that you currently have. Um, so I think we're in agreement. We ultimately don't think the Knicks are going to be super interested. We don't think he ends up in New York. Um, but where could he end up? Is that could swing the Eastern Conference race? It could even swing the championship race if he ends up on the right team. We're going to get into that in just a sec. But before we do, I want to remind you that big holidays mean big family get-togethers. But you don't have to spend all that money on the Thanksgiving spread without getting something in return. With Ibotta, you can get your turkey and all of your favorite sides for free. Starting November 1st, for the fourth year in a row, Ibotta is giving 100% cash back on your Thanksgiving feast. Just add the offers in the app to redeem everything you need to make your Thanksgiving feast complete. All you have to do is shop at your favorite retailers and upload your receipt. Ibotta gives you cash back on hundreds of grocery items from produce to personal care to pantry goods, so you can make sure you're beating inflation no matter what you're purchasing. Other apps give you points that don't amount to much. With Ibotta, you can get real cash back that you can cash out to your bank account, PayPal, or gift cards. Download the Ibotta app now and use code LOCK to get 100% cash back on your Thanksgiving dinner starting November 1st. Just go to the App Store or Google Play Store and download the free. I got to emphasize that. It's absolutely free. Ibotta app and use code LOCK. That's I-B-O-T-T-A in the Google Play or App Store and use code LOCK. Generally, when I'm getting something for free, I'm getting cash for it. I think that's a pretty good move. So check out Ibotta. Okay, we're going to play a little game, Alex. Um, I have pulled up on my screen the ESPN NBA standings, which are the same standings as everywhere else, but they're on ESPN. Um, and we're going to take turns throwing teams at each other, and we're going to say if they make any sense for Zach Levine, and um, if, if you want, um, how that could affect the Knicks. So the first team I got, 
leading the Eastern Conference, um, the Philadelphia 76ers. Uh, could they potentially trade for Zach Levine? All right. So I'll try to keep this to like one or two sentences, then throw it right back to you. Uh, weirdly, I think despite being at the top of the conference, they make a pretty good amount of sense. And I think that if they wait for the trade restrictions to expire on the guys that they just got back in the Harden deal, and they could do that just plus a couple picks, like Marcus Morris, like Daniel House and Rocco or something, maybe this makes sense for them because that would that would immediately replace the scoring punch that they just lost and give them another creator on a team that seems pretty well put together and wouldn't have to you know sacrifice a ton of depth to do it. So I'm gonna I'm gonna give that a pretty good ranking, and that would kind of scare that'll be one team that would kind of scare me a little bit if uh, if the Sixers did that from a Knicks perspective. Because I, I think they could be good for a while and would lessen the chance of getting Joel and beat at some point. Uh, Boston Celtics, Gavin, what do you think? Yeah, um, I no, nope, no way. <laughs> they're they're set. They got their stars. They're full of them. I'm gonna I'm gonna cheat a little bit and circle back. I'm with you on the Sixers. I I think that that would be kind of scary. They'd have some of the same defensive issues as the Knicks. Um, but he would be such an upgrade over uh, Kelly Oubre, who we hope I should say get gets well soon. Uh, most handsome player in the league. Zach Levine would only just barely lower their handsome quotient, but would help their scoring. Um, but if Kelly Oubre isn't healthy going forward, um, that's something I could see them doing. And that would scare me a little bit because him, Max, and Bede together would be really, really good. Um, Indiana Pacers, uh, Alex, is that a team that could go after more? Seven and four. I did not realize that. They're seven and four Indiana Pacers. I didn't either. That's pretty crazy. I don't see it. Um, I don't know. I just think that vibes wise, he doesn't fit. I feel like that's a team that's on the rise. You know, they're mm. super young. And not quite ready to make that sort of move yet. Maybe they feel like they are. Maybe they're like, oh, this is for real. But if it's for real, then why screw with it? Uh, but you're just I, a young team like that. Like it's same reason. Well, I won't spoil it. But there's another team that's on this list that would have every possible resource to to do this. And my general thought is why would they do it? Because there's just no reason to when you're a young team on the rise to add a veteran who's kind of trying to force his way out of a not so great situation and probably wants to can really compete for a championship. Uh, but I'll throw you a softball, Gavin. I feel like this is this is a for sure one. The Miami Heat. Yeah, um, makes total sense. He's, he's discount Lillard for them, um, except for the fact that Tyler Hero is playing super, super well to start the year. That, that's my one caveat. And would they see Levine as that? Uh, you know, what? I'm kind of talking myself out of it in real time. I, I was going to say, maybe I'm, I'm, you could tell me which way you were going to say it was obvious. I was going to say, hell yeah, initially. I'm like, that's basically what they wanted with Lillard. Hero's like, putting up better numbers and is way younger. And I know we're, we're forever Tyler hero haters on this podcast, but I actually don't know if that really makes sense for them. Yeah. I, I, I guess I would, I, I was thinking home run like, yes, definitely same, same. initially. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe, maybe they wouldn't, but I, I think that they're going to make one of the strongest cases to try. Mm. Uh, that said, you know, if they, if they could talk the bulls into doing it for like very little compensation, I, I do feel like, just the Jimmy Butler of it all. Like, I think that he's lost faith in hero at this point. And maybe Pat Riley has too, regardless of what he's doing this year. And just kind of has this predisposition to say that he's not that dude. Uh, so I, I think they would probably go for it. Um, I know technically it should be my turn, but I don't care. Whatever. I'll throw it back to you. Uh, Atlanta Hawks. Uh, what do you think? Thanks, man. That was, that was generous. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I don't. That team is like, again, they're not, they're not bad so far, like six and four. 
plus this, this is this is good. This is kind of us like learning about the rest of the NBA as we go. Um, plus three point six uh, net rating. Obviously, the Knicks play them tonight, so that's that's exciting. Um, so they've been fine, but they they already made their move with Dejounte Murray. Like I, I don't. I, the whole point was to give Trey like a great defensive backcourt mate. I don't see them switching him out for uh, Zach Levine. Uh, but the Milwaukee Bucks, um, that that also seems like a layup. But but go ahead. Yeah, absolutely not. I don't I don't see that happening at all. Uh, How I, could they I do it even? Yeah, I like first off, what would they trade? You know, are they going to trade Middleton for him? I mean, I guess trade one oft injured superstar for another. But Middleton, I just think offers in in theory much more across the board, and I, I think they. I think the Bucs should be more concerned with getting things right with what they have right now than potentially adding another volatile piece to the mix when things are already kind of volatile at the moment to begin with. So uh, I'm going to call that a big old no. Uh, Brooklyn Nets, what do you think? Um, uh, Well, by our, our Nets correspondent, my, my roommate, Matthew Drexler, shout out. Um, he he told us no, so I'm, I'm, I'm sticking with that no. But I, I do think it would be funny. So, so I'm going to put a little yes in there. Um, Orlando Magic, uh, could they trade for Zach Levine? You know, the Magic are kind of like that perpetual team where they're the young team that everybody seems to think would be a good fit for this level of star. And I don't totally hate it for them. That said, I guess I'm just like trying to figure out who they would want to trade. Um, I'm trying to look at their salary sheet real quick. Like, yeah, I mean, Gary Harris is somehow still making 13 million for them. So that's a good starting building block. Uh, Jingles at 11 million. For them, so maybe you put something together, you know, starting with those two, and then you can cobble, cobble together like I don't know, Chumo Kiki and uh, someone else. I I don't know, but again, I kind of just feel like they're gonna hopefully take a little bit of a a gradual incremental leap this year, and I don't know why you would want to mess with that and try to rush things when you've got a really good affordable team and could potentially, you know, if things elevate to another level, trade for a bigger star and have plenty of ammo to do so with the the you know stable of young players that you have and all your picks going forward and all that stuff. So my inclination is no. Uh, what about the Raptors? Yeah. Yeah. Big yes. I mean, they're, they're one of the teams that since this rumor came out, they've maybe been the single most mentioned team. Um, they desperately need shooting and scoring and they have um, more length and, and, and defense and grit and, and passing in tight areas and throwing up like really awkward contested threes than anyone could ever want to watch. Like I think they, they're a team that desperately needs a little bit of Zach Levine in their life. Um, we've, we've talked about the Knicks. We're, we're in 10th right now. Um, the Cleveland Cavaliers, uh, that seems like a no to me, Alex. What do you think? Yeah, that's an easy no. I mean, been there, done that. They already have, in my opinion, if you want to just make an easy comparison, they already traded for a better version of Zach Levine last year. And kind of went all in on Donovan Mitchell. Again, I think this is another team that should right now just be looking to get their house in order as it is uh, and not worry so much about adding another volatile aspect to it. Like they already kind of made some moves in the in the offseason. They're already staring down the the barrel of potentially losing Donovan Mitchell, or at least it sounds like they're worried about that potentially happening. So don't don't do what the Bulls did. with Zach Levine and double down on that and trade away all your draft capital and everything and add another star that doesn't necessarily match to then just kind of prolong the inevitable and also set yourself up to have no draft picks going forward. Uh, so I would not do that if I was them. Uh, obviously skipping the Bulls because they're the team. In, oh, in no, no, no. Would, would the Bulls trade for him? We Should the Bulls do. trade for him? <laughs> but the Charlotte yes. Hornets, what do you think? <laughs> um, ah, I kind of – I mean – 
honestly, you can't rule it out, right? Because they might do it just to just to do something. But no, I think I don't. I, I like Brandon Miller a lot. I think we both agree on that. Um, I don't love the general direction they're going. That this would feel like, honestly, like it would make me sad if they traded for Zach Levine. That feels like that feels like them trying to become the Bulls, and the Bulls are probably the saddest franchise in basketball right now. So, so for Charlotte's sake, like they, I mean, has any look as 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 people who have suffered a lot, like has any NBA city suffered more? Like, like give give them a break. No, I don't think so. Um. Another team that would have suffered a lot, it would be very funny. Uh, the Washington Wizards, uh, Jordan Poole, Zach Levine, Kyle Kuzma. That's how you sell some season ticket packages. Yeah, I mean, just purely from the standpoint of having some salaries that they could cobble together to make this work, maybe, but I wouldn't do it. I would just continue kind of, if anything, I would look to sell if I were them and just tank into oblivion and just try to start like a two or three year re- rebuild fully finally like sell off Kuzma to the highest bidder see if anyone wants Jordan Poole and just do that I wouldn't be looking to add to this team but that has never matched that team's MO before so if they suddenly emerged as a favorite to get him I would not be surprised uh, but I wouldn't recommend it if I were if I were advising them uh, Detroit Pistons probably a similar answer I, I'm like a, honestly a little bit more okay with it just because um, much to my surprise, because we people who listen to this podcast know how high I was on him, but Jaden Ivey not totally working out there. Um, Bogdanovich has been maybe he's back now, but he's been hurt for most of the year. And that is a team that desperately needs shooting and desperately just needs to give Cade Cunningham a break and some room to like to challenge himself, but within like to a reasonable constraint. Like he he's in his second year, and it's like they turned the video game level up to a hundred and everything he does is just impossible because there's no one else on the floor. Who's even slightly a threat most of the time. So honestly, I think him and Cade together are pretty interesting fit. You have Duran as a rim protector. It just doesn't make sense because he's just not on their timeline at all. Alex. And like, he makes a lot of money, but they're also going to have tons and tons of money this year. Who else is that really going to like his contract expiring lines up decently with Cade's extension? Like, I don't think that's the worst thing in the world, but it's not, it's also not a home run. Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm with you there. Uh, I think we can safely skip the Denver Nuggets because don't mess with success. They're literally the NBA champions defending. Yeah. They're one of the best teams in the league this year. Skip. Uh, Minnesota Timberwolves, though. I don't know. I guess a little intriguing. Uh, do you think there should be a reunion there? Um, No, I actually I was thinking about this before we did the show. They were kind of one of the teams that caught my eye. I just think they have a good thing going with with Conley running that team and Ant kind of being like the shoot first, ask questions later guy and, and go bear and cat. Like it feels like things have finally kind of clicked there from a chemistry perspective. And that's, they still kind of have to figure out how to get cat going within that. Like adding Levine would be a talent play, but it would just further complicate things. And also that team is as, as currently constructed, totally financially untenable going forward. So it, I just, I don't even think they could do it. Um, uh, uh, high on the comedy rankings, Alex, the Dallas Mavericks, the eight and three, um, give them credit, the Dallas Mavericks. Um, would they be a Zach Levine destination? I, I would actually make a pretty strong case for them because they could easily make this work salary wise. I think mm-hmm. where you start with Tim Hardaway jr. And then put together a few pieces. And I think you could reach that, that level you needed to make, uh, to get this trade through. And I don't know what their I don't care to look. I, I don't know what their like trade exception situation is like or whatever, if they could throw something like that in there to kind of balance that out. Uh, but I don't hate it, to be honest. I mean, you've got Luca there. You know, he can create for anybody. You know, if you had another guy, if you could have 
a three-headed monster of Kyrie, Luca, and uh, Levine that could just all handle the ball, all score by themselves, and then can surround them with enough defense to make it work. I, I'd give it a shot if if the barrier for entry was just kind of going all in with picks and stuff. Like, do what you can to try to maximize Luca's window and keep him happy and make sure that he's not the next guy trying to ask out uh, at some point down the line. Uh, so next team on the list, the Rockets, surprisingly sitting at six and three right now. Yeah, uh, too young and and doing too well right now. Like they they kind of made their moves with Van Vliet and, and Dylan Brooks, and it was pretty obvious what Ime Udoka, who I think was to some extent or another is making the decisions there, um, was prioritizing. And it was it was defense and and responsibility, and I guess a little little bit of little bit of crazy with 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 Dylan Brooks. But no, I mean I think I think Jalen Green has a lot of similarities to Levine, but is, is homegrown way younger and way cheaper. So no, I, I don't see it. Um, a team Alex that can get it done without even like, it, it's sort of like the billionaire, like buying an Island and like, it just doesn't really impact anything about their finances. Um, Oklahoma city could get him like for them, like for nothing, like picks that they don't even remember that they had. Um, would that make any sense? I, I say no. I, that's, that was the team that I was referencing before where I was like, you're a good young team. Things are starting to click finally. Why mess with that? Mm. That's that's the team I mean. I I wouldn't touch them with a 10 foot pole if I was Oklahoma yeah. City. I just don't think, you know, they're sort of similar to the Knicks where, but different, you know, like the Knicks are also in this situation where it's like, if you're going to make that swing, it better be like a potential championship needle mover. Like don't mess with what you got right now unless it's to, to really push it in the next level. So I would not do that if I was OKC. What about Sacramento though? Um, you, you kind of talked me out of this pre-show like that would, that would be them doubling and tripling, quadrupling down on offense at all else. And it, it would be super fun. Like that, that's not even high in the comedy rankings. That's just very high in the fun rankings, but does it ultimately get them any further? Like probably not. Like their defense would just be such a disaster at that point. But I mean, in terms of them just being totally unguardable and like having crazy amounts of shooting and creation, like, I don't know. It's, it's like, they're somewhere in the middle of the pack, I guess. Um, a team that's known for making big moves and, and maybe has one more in the books, Alex. Uh, the Golden State Warriors, do they want to uh, replace UFC's Clay Thompson uh, with Zach Levine? <laughs> maybe not Clay Thompson, but I would say maybe if they're looking to still move on from Chris Paul hmm. and and they want to you know find someone that could potentially be a better fit, I do think that Levine fits their overall style maybe a little better uh, because that lets you keep things in Steph's hands more, lets you keep things in Draymond Green's hands more once he gets back from his inevitable suspension from choking out uh, Rudy Gobert. Um, so, yeah, I, I I think this is a pretty good destination if, if they can cobble together a good enough offer. Now, that's the big question. Like, are they willing to part with one of the young players that they have that have some potential, which, like, that would probably mean one of Kaminga, Moody, or Podzemski would have to go out. I don't know if they'd be willing to do that. Uh, and that's probably the, the biggest wild card there. But I, I think could make sense. He would be like a more mature Jordan Poole, basically. And a guy that seems a little more well-respected and well-liked than Jordan Poole, but could offer you some of the same uh, utility on that team. Uh, the Lakers. Lakers are always in on everybody, it feels like. What do you think? Yeah. Um, also, I'll, I'll credit again, buddy of mine, Matthew Drexler. I mean, he's telling us pre-show like the Lakers are, are one of the favorites for him. Um, and I can see that because they are, it is a star hungry town and they, they're almost like it, even if, even if the moves don't make any sense on paper, it feels like they thrive on making a move for a move's sake. I mean, personally, if I were them, I know he's gotten off to a crummy start this year. I would, I would bet on Austin Reeves. 
Um, but Reeves is, is sneakily only three years younger than Zach Levine. And obviously Levine um, has a much longer resume as a dramatically better athlete, um, better shooter on volume. Um, and, and honestly, like in terms of a guy to slot next to LeBron and AD, if that's, Levine is really good for them and they're really good for Levine. The odds of all three of them being ha- healthy for the playoffs is, is slim to none. But if they were, that would be a pretty dangerous team. So I could I could certainly see it. Um, the New Orleans Pelicans, Alex, um, is there a world where they like, I think that would probably have to include CJ McCollum going out, but they, they never get to see their full team, but would Levine help anyways? I think given the point that we are in the show and given the point of the standings here, I'm ready to go hyper rapid fire. So I'm just going to say in terms of the Pelicans, uh, one sentence answer, get your own house in order and don't worry about adding a volatile element like that with zion williamson talking about you know basically they're not being enough ball to go around whatever don't worry about that uh phoenix suns gavin are, are we in agreement we yeah. could basically skip them because what else do you have to trade at this point <laughs> yeah no not gonna not gonna happen yeah. I'm, I'm, just, I'm just gonna say i'm sad about my sons but that's that's okay um yeah. the, the utah jazz um you you threw them out pre-show um what, what, what do you think about that one i could maybe see it happening if they're willing to move Colin Sexton in the steal and basically, you know, just try to make that next level move with Lowry marketing kind of entering his prime sort of, I, maybe they're an intriguing destination if they think that they're ready to make that sort of move. And if they think the Levine would give them enough to make that happen, uh, LA Clippers, once again, not, not enough to even consider because they've already completely made whatever trade package they could have for James Harden. They're not going to add another guy like him. Portland, uh, can we just safely end the show by saying, well, okay, Blazers and Spurs, I just don't think it's going to happen because they're soundly tanking in a, in a youth movement. But do you think the Memphis Grizzlies would go for it? Um, Small chance. I think him and Ja would be just a lot of fun. Like You could argue one of the most athletic backcourts in, in the history of basketball, depending on how much Levine has left in the tank in that capacity. They're just like, how much would he keep them afloat? They're two and eight right now, as implied by the order of this conversation, they're last in the West. Like, like, do you want to make that kind of investment for this year? Considering like he might get worse every year after this one, who knows? Um, But that's a maybe like I could, I could talk myself into it again. Like him, him Bain and Morant is just like a little small as a top three, but you have Jackson theoretically of Adams coming back down the road. It's an interesting conversation. It's probably one that should be had on locked on Grizzlies and not here here, but that was a lot of fun, Alex. Um, we went through every team in the league. Um, and yeah, our consensus is, uh, the Knicks probably should not be the spot for Zach Levine, but now you know where he could end up. Uh, we'll be back, uh, tonight or, uh, very early in the morning with a recap of Knicks Hawks. But until then he's Alex and Gavin. We'll talk to you very, very soon on Locked on Knicks. <laughs>